Hi, this is Ed Nichols, superintendent of Madison City Schools, and you're sitting with the soup. Uh, this is uh, our second episode of our podcast. Last episode, we had uh, the band directors from Bob Jones and James Clemens High School here to talk about uh, halftime shows and getting ready for football season and, and what maybe we didn't know about that. What went into that? Well, today... I'm proud to uh, have with us uh, two outstanding members of our district, uh, Bonnie Howard, and uh, she's at Madison Elementary as the media specialist, and Sergeant Clark's with us at Bob Jones Day. You may not know this, but each year in the springtime, we travel around from school to school. It's kind of like the prize patrol, and we show up at some lucky teacher's room and a staff member, and we give them uh, 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 congratulations for being their school staff member and teacher of the year and a check for $500. But then at uh, Institute Day, as we start the school year, we surprise a uh, staff member elementary and secondary and, and a staff member of the year, and w they get a $5,000 check. And so these two um, folks that are with us this year were the recipients of uh, being the uh, Madison City Schools Teachers of the Year. Uh, so I welcome both of you. Glad you're here today. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Bonnie, take a second and just kind of tell us uh, your journey and how you got to Madison Elementary and, and, and who you are and that kind of thing. Excellent. I um, started out as a scientist. I was a, uh, went to the University of North Alabama, graduated with an industrial hygiene degree, and then I went to work, uh, did a little chemistry tech out at the arsenal, and then I moved to be a public health environmentalist with the state of Alabama. Well, that sounds like a pathway to be a librarian media <laughs> specialist, doesn't it? I mean, that just kind of leads just the way. Just leads right it? into it. And during my time as a public health environmentalist, I had the opportunity to go into some classrooms and teach. We used to have this stuff called glow germ, where you wash your hands and then you look under a black light and you can see all the germs that's left over. So I had an opportunity to go into and my soul just came alive. Like I felt like that was what I was meant to be doing. And so I started pursuing it. I went back to school and got a, my elementary degree in at, from Athens State, and then I moved into the science classroom at Madison Elementary, and then three years later moved into the library media position. Well, that's fantastic. I uh, I was actually uh, out yesterday at James Clemens High School, and somebody was performing that 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 exercise of uh, washing your hands. And they turned the lights out, and then they had the black lights out, and showing kids how to had the germs and washing their hands. And so just as happened chance, you were kind of supporting the school district from outside the district and the bug got to you, didn't That's it? That's right, uh -huh. so to speak. Well, great, great. Sarge, tell us a little bit about your journey. Okay, well, um, I started off back in 19, 1978, uh, joining the military. Um, went to numerous bases, worked on avionic systems for fighter aircraft or on fighter aircraft, F-111s, F-15s. Not that the numbers mean uh, a great deal of things, but they were all fighter aircraft, different variations with avionic systems. Um, eventually, I went on to become a first sergeant, okay, whereas uh, our job is to take care of people, okay. And um, when I retired from the military, I still wanted to go into an area that was very similar to that. And from there, uh, someone said, well, why don't you try Junior RTC? I put an application in and uh, I got turned down several times, okay, from different <laughs> <laughs> different schools. And then I got a, a call from the uh, school district here saying, hey, we, you know, we hear that you're looking for a Junior RTC job. Uh, would you be interested in coming down? And I said, well, why not? I said, where is it located? And they said it was in uh, Madison, Alabama. The first thought that came to mind was Montgomery. However, I took the drive, 
Okay, and after taking a drive and getting down here, uh, I love the area. The family loved the area. Mr. Parker said, uh, hey, I want you in the school, and I just started the very next week. Well, that's fantastic. Now, you retired out at which rank? Uh, I retired out as a chief master sergeant. Chief master sergeant. Yes. You know, I have, uh, my dad was an Air Force uh, veteran, uh, started in the Army in 39, went to the Army Air Corps, and then retired at Elmendorf in 64. Uh, as a chief master sergeant. So, oh, is that right? Uh, that was a, a, a warm place for sergeants, yeah. and uh, and they do take care of people. They yes, do. That's yes, uh, I always used to kid a good friend of mine that was a colonel that he made colonel because he had a great sergeant because <laughs> yes. uh, his sergeant took care of him. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, talk to us a little bit. We'll start with you, Sarge. Um, talk to us a little bit about what folks may not know about junior ROTC. Uh, one of the things that a lot of people really don't know about JRTC is that it's it's not a recruiting tool, okay? Um, the sole basis of JRTC is to build citizens of good character, okay? Uh, we teach them time management skills. We teach them about aviation. Uh, we get them out into the community, okay, so that they can actually see their self-value, self-worth, and also contribute okay into the community okay while they're learning and we also prepare them uh, to go on what we call life after high school which is either going to be uh, college or directly into the workforce but um, even then we look at uh, the number that go into the military is only about maybe five percent okay everybody else just goes off to uh, to college and eventually while in college they may see the benefits that the military brings in paying for college and so we learn later on that they have gone to like a ROTC program, okay, to get commission, and uh, and they they do it exceptionally well. I've had uh, visitors come back um, to me who had a young man. He graduated back in 2016, okay, and he came back with a, a flag that he flew in his Apache helicopter because he's now an Apache pilot, and uh, and so I'm looking at getting that put outside um, of our classroom on the wall because it is such a great tribute. And he said, the whole time I was in Afghanistan, when things got tough, I thought back to you, Chief, and what you would always say, what would Chief do? Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, it's, it's great to hear those words come back to you and to see how some of the young kids just prosper. Now, how, many, how many will be involved in the ROTC program at Bob Jones? How many will you have? Oh, believe it or not, this year we had such a great influx. Um, we actually had 100 freshmen. In wow. our program this year, and so our overall um, body for the uh, the fall semester, we're at, we're sitting at about 156 cadets. Okay, so overall, by the time school is out, we will have had um, approximately 190 cadets. That's fantastic. Yes, yes, it's a lot of people coming through, and so I was in the process of issuing uniforms, and those are hard to come by, and they go through really quick. And you see just how many uniforms you really don't have when you look back and you see all the people who are wearing the uniform. It's like my goodness, we issue a, a lot of uniforms. So I'm looking forward to the Veterans Day Parade because that's going to be a huge footprint for Bob Jones. Fantastic. Thank you, Chief. Appreciate that. Bob, talk a little bit about, you know, we all went to school. Uh, we remember going to the library. Um, it was a quiet place. Now, I don't believe that's kind of where we see when I'm dropping by. I dropped by your library the, the other day and you had them all in there and you were, were on a smart board and you were uh, talking to them. Times are different. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what, what would be different for somebody to walk in and see the media center today. I think the media specialists are the um, catalyst to the heartbeat of the school, which is in the, the library media center. So we, um, you won't find a silent 
Library <laughs> Media Center, probably. Um, we are always active, not just for uh, reading literacy, but we do a lot of digital literacy. We do programming. We do um, just anything that the teachers want to collaborate on. We help facilitate research, and um, it's so exciting to see my calendar fill up. We are lucky that we work on a flexible schedule in Madison City where um, students can come to the library at point of need, so they're coming several times a day, not just you know a certain time during the week. And then we also, um, that allows me to collaborate with teachers, so if they need they're working on a project in the classroom, then we can make the library an extension of the classroom. And I think that's something that people maybe don't realize. Well, that's that's awesome. And I know that during the last couple of years when we were in the pandemic, our media specialists took books to classes. They had to they had to come back, clean a book. There was a lot of a lot of work going on behind the scenes. I, I even remember I'd drive by certain schools and they had book pickups outside. Talk a little bit about um, you know, what that was like and, and what our media specialists did during that time. Well, just like everyone, we had to uh, just put on our game face and go. And there were a lot of things that we didn't expect to do that we had to learn how to do, which was by uh, digitally, uh, remotely check out books to students. And then they would come through the, the car line and we would deliver them. Um, we still did things like book recommendations. We did book talks. We did all of that was done um, virtually. And um, it was a real learning curve for everybody. A lot of what the media specialists did was actually support our teachers, classroom teachers, in um, just understanding how to use our technology. That's great. I'm, you know, I, I'm, the media specialist role has really changed in the fact that, I think you said it, you're, you're a hub for the school instead of just a, a, a place where people went to check out books. And so there's more opportunity uh, for kids to, especially as they move through the years and get to secondary level, uh, research becomes, you know, the opportunity. There's that, that, that media collaboration is, is there to help uh, kids know the resources that are available. Uh, you still got a card catalog over there? We do not. Everything's, everything's, everything's gone. Well, <laughs> again, do they still need to know the Dewey Decimal System? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, times have changed. And I've just uh, shown my age right there by talking about those. But, uh, you know, but uh, you know, that's just exciting. You go in the library um, or the media center. I still call it the library. The media center. And it's always there's always things going on. It's, it's, it's a busy place. It is. And uh, SARS, um, you know, this partnership we have with with the military, you know, is partially uh, they support us. Yes. Uh, they help support uh, part salaries. They help to support equipment. Uh, talk a little bit about what the Air Force does for your program. Well, what the Air Force um, typically does is, based on the uh, student population that we have, they give a certain amount of money. Now, um, over the years, that money has been going down further and further. But they do provide money so that we can... Uh, replace uniforms because through wear and tear those uniforms they go okay uh, they do things such as uh, in the past they've done ADPE which was our computer equipment but they got out of the ADPE equipment uh, business and now they say well you know your school system has to do that okay they do uh, pay part of our salary um, 
half of it typically comes from the Air Force, the other half comes from the school system. So that marries up to actually um, come up with our teacher's pay. We call that MIP, um, the minimum instructor pay. Okay. The other thing that um, the Air Force typically does is they will support us when it comes to, uh, like if we take field trips, okay, uh, the only drawback to that a lot of times is we have to do a lot of the fundraising so we can put the money out up front and then they do the reimbursement piece. Okay, so our kids, they really active. You'll see them doing stadium cleanups and things of that nature just to bring funds in to our program so that, uh, you know, headquarters can see that we're busy and doing things. And they'll say, okay, well, if you guys do this, then we'll just go ahead and reimburse. And they'll put out a set amount of money each uh, year for us. But so much goes for um, housing, so much goes for, uh, like, transportation, so much goes for uniforms and so much also goes for uh, food, okay? So when we take different trips and stuff like this, it, we have to work with different pots of money. So I know you have different groups that are competitive in different ways in ROTC. Oh my goodness, yes. Talk, talk just briefly about what all of those groups are like that we have that kids are a part of that are competitive. Okay, um, here we just recently started a, a Raiders team, okay? Um, because they compete more so against the Army's fitness team. And we had such an enormous turnout. We had like 35 kids. And when you think about that, um, before, whenever we try to get a fitness team together, we have about five or six people. Okay, when we say, hey, we're going to do Raiders, you guys are going to be jumping off of bridges and stuff like this or whatever. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then everybody wants to join up and, and do it. You know, it's, it's very strenuous, okay, but they're excited about it. Our color guard or honor guard when we go to competitions, okay, that you'll see the color guard at the football games, you'll see them locally. But when we go to competitions, it's an honor guard competition, okay? And that competition itself, um, we compete against schools from all over the world down at Daytona. So they, they come in from everywhere. And for two years running, we were uh, successful and we took first place. It's like, yay, national champions. Okay, this is great. Okay, our drill team has also uh, done some phenomenal things and they've placed um, at the national competition as well. They took third place in every category. Okay, so nationally, uh, when we go to these competitions now, they know Bob Jones very well. Okay, our name is imprinted. Uh, we have orienteering team. The orienteering team, uh, we take them down to uh, Oak Mountain and different places. Uh, we give them maps. We give them uh, compasses and all, and they have to land navigate. We've not lost anyone, so we got a good record. Okay, I might need their help next time I drive somewhere. <laughs> that sounds like a team I should join. They're they're very good. We also have a, a saber team that does uh, honors at banquets, uh, things of that nature. We um, have an aerospace team who um, who's just branching into uh, quadcopters as well as drones. Okay, so uh, the the kids are excited about that because with the training that's going to come along with it, they can actually get a certification. Okay, to fly drones, and the drone industry is just blowing up all over the place with what can be done with drones. So um, there are a lot of things that are going on. We also have uh, archery. Our archery team has been very active, as well as our marksmanship team. Okay, so we have a lot of these teams, and you'll see that the, the numbers, the people who want to participate, I've got like 30 people who want to do marksmanship. I've got about 40 people who want to do archery, but when it comes to them shooting, I have to limit the teams because there's no space for it. All right. But other than that, um, I mean, the, the teams are constantly growing. They're just getting bigger and bigger. Well, it sounds to me like the ROTC unit never rests. Never. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and I think when you mentioned uh, 
fundraising. I think y'all helped us clean the stadium summer before last. Yes, we did some pressure washing. We had a we put the stadium had gotten a little dingy, and uh, you worked your team worked all summer, yes. and and we paid you to do it, and uh, y'all did a tremendous job. So uh, certainly do that, Bonnie. I know over there now. One of the exciting things that's happening, and I may be in the media center, um, is uh, y'all have a new staff member, uh, and uh, it's got four legs. We do. Barney is the uh, best reader and encourager of reading and also uh, encouraging students to just feel comfortable and take risk and learning and um He's just been the most exciting addition. I hear that he's uh, very helpful in the mornings when kids get out of the car, uh, that uh, they may have some apprehension about going to school, but then all of a sudden they see Barney and uh, off they go. He has their heart from the time they see him, and he makes them comfortable, and whatever fears they had leaving their car, Barney um, relieves those. Well, great. Well, listen, um, Bonnie, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about um, Madison Elementary, the Media Center, or just, um, you know, things that they may may not really understand about what you do every day? I just I have the best job in the world, and I work with the most amazing educators, and it's just a, a, a privilege and an honor uh, to have the District uh, Teacher of the Year. It makes me especially happy to have that as a media specialist because I sometimes think that um, not everyone sees us the same way as a classroom teacher, but we do a lot of educating and we encourage our kids to be content creators and uh, global citizens. And so I'm, I'm just really thankful for the opportunity. Well, we're thankful for you, Sarge. Well, I have to uh, basically echo some of the same things that you're saying because uh, traditionally, uh, JROTC is not seen as the typical classroom but you know we go so much we do so much more uh, we go above and beyond doing a lot of things and a lot of people may not even notice that okay so to have received uh, you know teacher of the year for uh, secondary education okay was uh, a, a big honor okay and I'm looking forward to the class classes continue to grow okay because uh, the kids are excited they're they are literally well not literally Okay, they're on fire this year. <laughs> <laughs> Not literal. Not literal. But they are just waiting for all of the opportunities to uh, for the doors to open up so they could just run out and just do stuff. They are really excited. Okay, so Major Lacey and myself, uh, we're prepared. We know that we're going to be busy. Well, I tell you, I wish that folks that are listening to this could be in the room with the two of you. First of all, I think they would know exactly why you were selected to be the Teachers of the Year. Uh, I agree with you. I think that it's uh, very important that folks understand that Teachers of the Year are not always just the classroom teacher. And to have people like you recognized uh, for what you do, I think is important across the district. I appreciate that uh, we recognize all of our teachers. You know, everybody, I always like to say that any person who comes in contact and works with a child is a teacher. Uh, those are people at the central office and those are support staff. And, and so we're, we're all together and in Madison we certainly are blessed uh, to have two representatives uh, like each of you uh, to be that teacher of the year. And I think that your journeys in life uh, will inspire others. Uh, you know, and, you, and uh, neither, neither of you went off to college to become a teacher. 
you had different journeys along the way, but here you are. And, uh, and you're influencing the lives of young people every day in our district. And so on, on behalf of our district, I, I say thank you. I'm, I'm proud of our board for many years ago, starting the recognition financially for our Teachers of the Year and our board that continues to do that today, uh, that we recognize and award uh, those folks who are honored to be that. And so certainly we always laugh when I give you that big check and I always remind you that it's the little one that cashes. Uh, but I do when I, drive, when I visit schools, I see those big uh, checks up there on the wall in classrooms and, and uh, it signifies that we know how much you mean to us. And so on behalf of the district, again, thank you so much for what each of you is doing. Um, I couldn't do this podcast. Uh, without uh, Russell Johnson and Rachel Gibbs who are sitting in the room who uh, are, are teaching and working to integrate technology across our district. Uh, they've even got this superintendent on a podcast, so I certainly do appreciate uh, their uh, encouragement and work on helping us to communicate to our neighbors and friends what a blessing people like the two that are in the room with me today mean to our kids. So uh, this has been our episode of Sitting with the Soup. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we're blessed, and I'm glad to be here in Madison City Schools.